0: Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Bill Allen's uh, Facebook studies. We do these on Tuesdays and Thursdays live at 3 p.m. Central Daylight Time. And uh, put them up on our Facebook page, my personal page, and then also our West Irwin Church of Christ and West Irwin Live Facebook pages also on our website at westirwin.com, that's Irwin with an E, R-W-I-N, westirwin.com. Scroll over to where it says connect then hit the live streaming page and go down to where it says archives and that's where you can find that it's also where you can watch our live sunday services uh, in that big blue box that you'll find when you go there Uh, but i'm glad to have you with me today we're looking through oswald chambers wonderful daily devotional book I entitled My Utmost for His Highest and uh, today we are able to uh, look at a a couple of interesting uh, chapters that uh, we've read over the last few days if you're reading that if not you're just gaining from some of what I've been reading but uh, one of the lessons uh, this past week uh, was entitled the good or the best And so I remember hearing that uh, statement, uh, the good is the enemy of the best, or looking it up, uh, the best is the enemy of the good, or perfect is the enemy of the good, or the good is the enemy of the perfect. It sounds pretty complicated, right? It goes back to Voltaire, if you were wondering, if you hadn't Googled that yet, um, in the 1700s. And then I think he was quoting somebody, or a relative quote from somebody, and then it's been around for a long time, obviously, and folks have applied it in different ways, Uh, but it comes from that idea of choosing between the good and the best, Uh, and you can argue that either way. Uh, The good can be the enemy of the best because you settle for something, and that's not good. The best can be the enemy of the good If you're a perfectionist to a point where it is too extreme and you're not accomplishing anything because it's never good enough and it's never perfect. And so, you know, take that statement and apply it however you want. Uh, But the way Chambers applies it is from Genesis chapter 13, interestingly enough, and um, and that's the chapter where Abram and Lot have been uh traveling together. Uh, Lot is Abram's nephew and uh Abram has kind of been his uh uh supervisor, his his mentor, uh his chaperone, <laughs> his guardian uh, ever since uh his parents were out of the picture and and uh so Abram being his uncle took care of him and uh Lot traveled with him. And God blessed both of them to where they no longer could, uh, could live in the same area. So as they were traveling along and they come to this uh, area of land, they their, uh, their uh, people start arguing, the people who uh, were in charge of their livestock and their properties. And they started arguing with each other. And so that meant it was time to figure this out. And so they look around and they look uh, in, into the land that's available and that's there in the distance, and, and they know what's there. And Abram uh, tells Lot, okay, you choose. Um, and he says this in Genesis 13, verse 9, If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. Uh, and so basically, it's Abram is trusting in the Lord to uh, provide for both of them, but he's giving Lot the first choice. Um, Chambers writes, whenever our right becomes the guiding factor of our lives, it dulls our spiritual insight. The greatest enemy of the life of faith in God is not sin, but good choices, which are not quite good enough. The good is always the enemy of the best. Again, you can uh, apply that saying in different ways. But in this case, as he's talking about Abram and Lot, Abram allows Lot to choose, and Lot chooses what he thinks is the best. And it turns out that it's neither good nor best. It would seem that the wisest thing in the world for Abram to do would be to choose. Abram is the father figure. He's the uncle. He's the older one. He's got the right, basically, to say, okay, well, I'll pick first because that's the way we do things, and then you can have what I don't want. Well, that would be totally appropriate, and Lot could not argue about that. Uh, And so that seems like the wise choice, the best choice for, for Abram to do, but it actually wasn't. It was his right, and the people around him would probably consider him foolish for not doing it that way, but that wasn't the way his faith taught him to act. His faith taught him to let Lot choose, and he knew that God would take care of him. Uh, Many of us do not continue to grow spiritually because we prefer to choose on the basis of our rights. On the basis of what we think is best and is good for us. Instead of relying upon the Lord. Uh, It's never wrong to do the right thing. It's always good to do good and trust that the Lord will take care of you. And, And Abram walked with God all those years. Um, and he was blessed and is considered the father of the faithful uh, and also was referred to as God's friend. Uh, unfortunately, as you probably know, the area where lot chose was the area of around Sodom and Gomorrah and he ended up of course before God had them destroyed and um, and lot made a very bad bad choice. For Abram, uh, it was always the right thing, the good thing, the best thing to do what pleased uh, the Lord. And that's what Abram tried to do here. Well, how do you know, Bill? How do you know what's good and what's best and which way to go? How do you know when to uh, accomplish what you can and do the good? How do you know when to hold out for the best well, I, I think you there's a lot of ways. It's it's the same kind of thing thinking that we do when we're trying to make right decisions. And you do that with faith. You trust in the Lord, and that was what Abram decided. He said, look, Lot, whichever way you choose, God's going to take care of us both. God will take care of me. You choose right, I'll go left. You choose left, I'll go right. And, God, and I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And Lot would have been okay, too, if he had... If he had been more obedient to the Lord, but, and so how do you know? Well, you 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 consider things, you think through things, you take a look at all the choices and options, you maybe get some some good counsel from trusted individuals, uh, you look into God's word and see what God's word says. As I tell people, if um, the first thing you do is, uh, well, maybe not the first thing. We'll get to the first thing in a minute, but. Um, the second thing you do is you look at God's Word, and if God's Word uh, says that one way is uh, wrong, then discussion over. But if God's Word gives you options and uh, doesn't really preclude you from taking one decision, making one choice or another, then you ask, well, what's best? What's good? What what will uh, accomplish what God wants to accomplish in my life at this stage? Uh, what what seems to be the best short-term, long-term? All of those kinds of decisions. How will this impact my witness? How will this help me serve others? How will this help me grow spiritually? How will this provide for my needs? Whatever those things are, they're okay to answer. If the Bible says no, then the discussion should be over. It's never wrong to do the right thing, and the Bible gives us great guidance uh, and sometimes specific commands On that. Um, But the first thing you probably will do, and I think this is where the second part of this lesson goes, is you pray. You pray about it. You ask God. Uh, Again, you study the Bible. You seek counsel. You think and meditate on what. You do the research you need to do. But it all begins with with prayer. The passage in 1st Thessalonians 517, pray continually. The traditional translation pray without ceasing. It's a great, great statement. And uh and that and that's how we know. And I think that's how Abraham knew and that's why he was such a friend of God. Because he was in constant communication with God. From the time that he called him, Abraham Abraham was a man of God who was God's friend, and friends communicate. And that's what um they did. Chambers has some wonderful comments in this section about prayer. He says, think of prayer as the breath in our lungs and the blood from our hearts. Our blood flows and our breathing continues without ceasing. We are not even conscious of it, but it never stops. And so prayer is the same thing. Prayer is to be done without ceasing. So much so that we don't even become conscious of it. I think there are times... We talked about it some in our staff meeting this morning in our devotional time. There are times when we do deliberate things such as prayer uh, to exercise our faith and to discipline ourselves and to continue to grow spiritually. But prayer should be something that is just a part of our lives. It's always there. And I think that's what pray without ceasing means. It doesn't mean that we're constantly in a verbal prayer, but it does mean that we're constantly in a spirit of prayer. Uh, To where we could go to God and talk to him at any second. And it would be okay. It wouldn't be a a long trip to get from where we are to the time when we can approach God in prayer. Um, Pray without ceasing, he says. Maintain the childlike habit of offering up prayer in your heart to God all the time. I like that. That childlike habit. A child will just talk to their parents about anything at any time. And, and I think that's how we should be with God this Sunday I begin a series of sermons on the book of Job one of my favorite books and um, And we'll see not this week, but especially the next week how Job uh, Vented with God he was he was so upset about what was going on and and did not understand it at all And he verbalized it he verbalized it um, a classic case of uh, venting is seen from Job chapter 3. God has the unlimited uh, power to provide for us what we pray for, but we know first of all that our prayer is always answered, and so we pray, Father, may your will be done. And we know that God will bless us according to our needs, uh, and he'll also bless us according to his will, because he is concerned about not just our needs, but the needs of others, and he's not just concerned about our needs right now. He's concerned about our needs throughout our lives, but more specifically, he's concerned about what we need spiritually to be close to him, not just now, but forever. God uh, was close to Abraham, and Abraham knew whatever decision Lot made about where they would settle, Abraham knew that God would still be close by, and he would still be talking to God. I love uh, Fiddler on the Roof, and uh, I've loved it since, at least since college days when our wonderful club, Alpha Gamma Omega, did that for Spring Sing, and Doug Sifford was a marvelous, marvelous Reptavia. Um But I love how that play goes and how Reptevia is just constantly talking to God like he would be a friend, as if he had a friend walking beside him as he was pulling the cart because the horse was lame. Um, He was talking to him as he would a friend. Respectfully, of course, but a friend. And that's prayer. Prayer speaks to God with respect. He is the creator of the universe. He will be the judge of all mankind. But he is also our savior. And uh, and he is also our friend. Jesus said, "I, I haven't been ashamed to call you my friends and I've shared things with you and and it's such a great great blessing to know that we can talk to God especially when we have those those decision moments should we go to the right or should we go to the left should we choose this or should we choose that should we do this or should we do that Uh, Abraham knew that God would take care of him and so he left that uh, to Lot to decide And whichever way was uh, the way that Abraham ended up with, that would be okay. And so when you're talking about the good and the best, so long as you're choosing to stay with God, to be in constant communication with Him, listening to Him through His Word, talking to Him through your prayers. Everyone who asks, receives, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, To everyone who knocks, I'll open Jesus says, to everyone who seeks, they will find. Um, sometimes we say, wait, but but God, but, but, but. <laughs> but God is still there and he hangs in there with us. Uh, do we expect God to answer prayer? Well, that may be another lesson for another day. That's a good question. Sometimes we pray for things and then we're surprised if God uh, provides that answer and gives us what we pray for. We always pray, as I said, Thy will be done. And we also pray that God will bless us and use us to be a blessing uh, to others. And I hope that as you consider the decisions going on in your life today, that you'll try to choose the good and you'll try to choose the best and you'll do what you can to bring honor and glory to God, to do what His Word calls you to do, And to do that with faith and trust, knowing that however that turns out, he will be with you. And you bathe that with prayer, knowing, knowing that he hears, that he's listening, and that he will bless. I pray that God will bless you today, and I look forward to our time together on Thursday uh, as we get back into the Psalms. God bless.